Hello, welcome back. I'm your host, Evangelist Taylor Michael. Today, I'm going to teach you how to live like a king. God never intended for you to live like a peasant. God never intended for you to live poor. The Bible actually says we've been made a royal priesthood. Royalty now. That we've given our lives to Jesus. And what I'm going to teach you today is going to put you in a position to operate like a king. Live like a king. Think like a king. Have what a king has. Do what a king does. You're a king's kid. We've all been made princes. And if you're a woman... Uh, by birth, not by choice, then you are a princess. You've been made royalty. Someone type in the chat, I am royalty. And if you're watching this on Facebook, go ahead and share it. And our good friend Rick in the comments said there is only one King Jesus Christ. That is very true. But he also said that you can rule and reign in life as a king. If you read your Bible, which we're going to read today, The son of a king is a future king. So you've been made royalty by the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now someone once said, that's because he's made you kings and he's made you lords in Christ. Because what will happen is one day we'll come back after God destroys the earth with the new Jerusalem and the millennium. We will come back with the Lord Jesus and we will rule and reign in life as kings through Jesus Christ. We will have dominion on the earth. We already have dominion in the earth. The Bible says wherever we put the sole of our foot is land that's already been given to us. God has promised us the earth. Just like he did with Adam. What Adam had was lost. God gave Adam the entire earth. Made him basically king of the earth. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Have dominion on the earth. Adam gave that up when he sinned. He gave it to the devil. And so the devil is now known as the the prince of this world. He's been made the prince of this world. The prince of the power of the air. But that will not remain once he gets cast down and thrown into the pit once and for all. But the Bible says that you can actually have what's called the mind of Christ. You can have God's mind which is his will for your life, for your finances, for your ministry, for your business, for your marriage. Jesus said, although the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, I've come to give you life and life abundantly. You can live an abundant life when you have the mind of Christ. Go with me to Romans chapter 4, and we're going to start here today. If you're watching on Facebook, go ahead, hit like, and hit share. Share this on your timeline. Share this with people that need to hear that God has anointed you in this final hour to live as a king through Jesus Christ, to live as royalty in the earth, kicking the devil in the forehead every chance you get, tearing down principalities and powers and strongholds, and taking dominion over the earth by the power given to the church. Make sure you share this with someone. If you're watching on YouTube, hit share. Send this to someone that needs to know their authority in Christ. Romans chapter 4. The New King James Version. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 5. Once you get to Romans chapter 4, I had you go there so that I could tell you to go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. 
For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, talking about Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Someone type in the chat, righteousness is a gift. The Bible says we've been saved by grace through faith. Your faith in the blood of Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus paid for you to take all of your sins, all of your sickness, all of your disease, all of your iniquity, all of your trespasses, all of your poverty, all of the curse of the law. He took everything that was compiled in the law of sin and death, pinned it in his body on the tree, for it says, cursed is anyone that's hung on a tree. And he took the law of sin and death into the deepest parts of hell and dropped it off there, evicted it from your life. And it says he rose back up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He gave the keys of dominion back to the church. And then he rose up victorious and raised us up together with him, seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father, far above every principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So if by one man's offense, death ruled and reigned in life, by one man's sacrifice, being Jesus, we've now received the abundance of grace, the gift called righteousness. Where our righteousness is filthy rags before the Lord. But we've now received, it says in Romans 5.21, we've received the righteousness of God in Christ. I've been given right standing with God. Hey, good to see you, Louisiana. I'm also in Louisiana. You'll have to come pay us a visit, Matthew. So by the free gift of righteousness, look what it says next. They will reign and rule in life through the one, Jesus Christ. You will rule and reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Let me see what the Amplified says. Huh. Listen to this. This is Romans 5.17 in the Amplified. Matthew said he's in Baton Rouge. All right. You'll have to come pay us a visit at Faith Church here in Ruston, Louisiana. We'd love to see you, brother. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, or offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and unmerited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Someone type in the chat, I am meant to reign as a king. Now this will ruffle the feathers of just about any religious person. Because they, they quote that one scripture in the Old Testament, I'm nothing but a worm. They'll tell you, I'm nothing but a worm. I've got nothing, you've got nothing, God's mad at me. Don't listen to that religious mumbo Jumbo garbage, garbage in French. If you are in Christ, you are nothing but the righteousness of God in Christ. If you are in Christ, you're anointed to rule and reign in life as a king through the free gift called righteousness. The free gift of grace called righteousness. It's a gift. It's been given to you. You've received what's called the spirit of adoption. Receiving the spirit of adoption, it says in John chapter 1, verse 12, those that believed on him, he gave them the power to become the sons and daughters of God. 
God is a king. He's the king of kings. The son of a king is a king. The daughter of a king is royalty. She's a princess. She's a queen. Someone type in the chat. Yes, queen. <laughs> so through the free gift of grace called righteousness, you rule and reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. If you're not ruling and reigning in your life, if your circumstances are ruling and reigning in your life, if your finances are ruling and reigning in your life, if your job, if your boss, if your parents, if you're over the age of, of proper age, if anybody or anything is ruling and reigning in your life other than Jesus Christ and his word, then you got to get this revelation today. The devil is not meant to rule and reign in your life. Sickness and disease is not meant to rule and reign in your life. A king doesn't go to other people for help other than other kings. A king determines what he's going to do. He makes a plan and he goes for it. You don't go to the world for help. You don't look at your natural circumstances. You rule and reign in life as a king. But you have to have the mind of Christ. Go with me to 3 John. 3 John. Verse 2, listen to this. This is the Amplified. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know you... Yeah, that's a terrible translation. Let's go to another one. I don't like that one either. Ah, here we go. Let's do the New King James. It says it this way. Beloved, I pray. Now, this is the word of God. This is God-breathed, God-inspired. All scripture is inspired by God. Meaning this is God, although this is John the Beloved writing it, this is God speaking to you by the Holy Ghost. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. I like the King James Version. Beloved, I wish above all things. It's funny how like religious translators, they take that part out. But in the King James Version, it says, I wish above all things. God figured it right by the Holy Ghost to write in his word, I want my people to know that I wish above everything. That they would be in good health and prosper. Oh, you preach that health and wealth gospel. I preach the same gospel the Apostle John preached. That I wish above all things that you would be in good health and prosper even as your soul prospers. But this is what I want you to catch here. Your prosperity, your ability, the grace of God in your life to rule and reign in life as kings through Jesus Christ is 100% linked to your soul prospering. If your soul is not prospering, you will not prosper. A lot of people think that once they get revelation on, oh, I'm meant to be rich. God wishes above all things I'd be in good health and prosper. Just because you read that doesn't mean you're just going to suddenly be in good health and, and a multimillionaire. You have to train and renew your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. There's three dimensions to your soul. I want you to get this. Your mind, your intellect. If you don't know how money works, it will never be attracted to you. If you don't respect money, if you don't know the laws of money, if you don't know how to make money, if you don't know what the Bible says about money, if you're intellectually not in a place where you know how money works, it will never be attracted to you. 
The only reason people stay broke, and this is this is 100% the truth because there's Christians that are more broke than heathens out there. The only difference is that the heathens know how money works. So if you want to see yourself, American Top Gunner said, I made money illegally. Hey, you still made money. I'm not condoning it. But there's people out there that make money illegally more than some Christians make, which is anti-covenant. Your covenant says I'll set you high above the nations of the world. Meaning if you know how money works and you know what the Bible says about money, you are seated high above all the nations of the world. So first, it's your intellect. Any area of your life that's not prospering, check your intellect on it. Do you know what it takes for your body to be healthy? Do you know what kind of vitamins you need? Do you know what kind of macros, macronutrients, and micronutrients that you need? Do you know what kind of uh, neurotropics that your brain needs to fire right? Do you know how many hours of sleep you need? Do you know how many hours of exercise? This is funny. I had no intention on talking about any of this today, but this is just being pulled out of me. Because it's, it's the same all across the board. I wish above all things you be in health and prosper to the according as your soul prospers. So parallel to your soul prospering is also your health and wealth prospering. Do you know how money works? Do you know what the Bible says about money? Do you know how passive income works? Do you know how compound interest works? Do you know how to provide enough value, how to underpromise and overdeliver? Do you know how to build a business? Do you know how to hire employees? Do you know how to build a product? Do you know how to put your hands to something that will produce and multiply wealth in your life? Number two, do you know how the body works? Do you know how health works? Do you know how exercise works? How many hours of sleep you need a night to be healthy? How many hours of exercise a day you need to be healthy? How much you should fast? What you should fast? How much, like I said, proteins, fats, carbs your body should have on a regular basis? Do you know the basics about these things? Your mind, your will, and then your emotions. Hey, look at this. Pastor Eli sending in offerings already. What a champ. Now listen to this one. This is a huge one. Because this is what fuels the soul. Your emotions. Are you in control of your emotions? Or, or are your emotions in control of you? Do you determine how you... Do you wake up every single day and school yourself into faith? Do you wake up and say, Glory to God, today is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. I'm anointed more with the oil of gladness than my brethren. I live in the kingdom of God, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Every day when you wake up, is your soul in control of you or are you in control of your soul? In order to live like a king, you must think like a king. Someone type in the chat. In order to live like a king, you must think like a king. I'm going to teach you three things. Or three ways that a king thinks in order to live like a king. That's right, Crystal. Hit the like button. Hit share. Send this to everybody. Send it to your grandma. Send it to your ex. Send it to, your, to anybody. Send it to everybody. In order to live like a king, you must think like a king. Think about Mark chapter 11. Jesus comes up to a fig tree. He goes to pick a fig off of the fig tree and eat it. The fig tree 
is not bearing any fruit. It looks like it's got fruit because it's got leaves. That's how a lot of Christians are. A lot of people in your life, they look like they're bearing fruit, but they just have leaves. There's things in your life that you'll have to identify. What are the things in my life? What are the relationships? What are the areas? What are the time consumers in my life that look like they're bearing fruit, but they just have leaves? When Jesus came to this fig tree and he saw it didn't bear any fruit, it just had leaves. Amen, Griffin. What did he do? He cursed it at the root. When he cursed it at the root, it shriveled up and died the next day. There's areas in your life that are not bearing fruit that you must curse at the root, uproot them out of your life. Get them out of your life. And what did Jesus do right after that? He said in Mark 11, 22 and 23, have faith in God. And then he told you the same way you can curse things in your life that are not bearing fruit, you can move immovable objects in your life as well. He said, the same way I curse that fig tree, if you'll only believe and not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which you say shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you say. He said, you can curse things that need to be uprooted out of your life, and you can move objects that seem immovable like a mountain out of your life. You can move debt out of your life. You can move sin out of your life. You can move addiction out of your life. You can move poor relationships out of your life. You can move, a, you can move anything. If you can move a mountain, you can move anything out of your life. You just need faith. Have the God kind of faith. So Jesus was irritated that there was an area that was supposed that was created to produce fruit for him that was not producing fruit. So he cursed it at the root and got rid of it. Identify areas in your life that are not producing fruit. Are you spending eight hours a day scrolling through Instagram reels, scrolling through TikTok, scrolling through YouTube shorts? Now, jumping on these live streams, this is a great way to spend an hour of your day. There's probably not a better way to spend an hour of your day than to get in the Word of God and make sure God's Word is getting in your spirit and the fat is being trimmed off of your life. This is the way to do it. God's Word is sharper than a two-edged sword. It comes in and it splits between carnality and spirit, between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. So God's word right now, it's moving in. It's, it's separating the ugly from the good in your life so that you can throw the dross away. Here's three areas, three mindsets. Amen, American Top Gunner. Three mindsets that you must have to rule and reign as a life or rule and reign in life as a king through Jesus Christ. Number one. I want you to refer to the story of King David in the cave of Adullam. And his mighty men. 1 Samuel chapter 22. First Samuel chapter 22. This is how King David thought and operated. Verse 1. David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's house had heard it, they went down there to him. Verse 2. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and another translation says, distressed, in debt, and discontent. They all came and gathered to him. 
and he became a commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Number one, this is beside the three that I'm going to teach you right now. But a king's mindset is a deliverer's mindset. It's to raise people up that are distressed, discontent, and in debt and pull them out. These are the three things that King David taught these men that were distressed, in debt, and discontent. Number one, he taught them how to be worshipers. David danced before the Lord with all of his might, even so that his own wife said, you look like a fool today. And he said, I will be even more vile than this, undignified than that. I will dance even harder. You know why he said it? Because your father didn't make me king. God made me king. No man put me where I'm at. God put me where I'm at. So I give God all the glory. I'm going to dance before the Lord. I'm going to praise him with all my might. No man will ever get the glory for God has done this thing alone. Number one, he taught these men how to be worshipers. Worshiping is not just lifting your hands and crying. Actually, in the Hebrew, the word worship literally means to lay with your face on the floor. In the fear of God, in the, in the awe and abnomition ab, abnum, of the Lord. Number one, he taught them how to be worshipers. You worship God... Not only in song and in dancing, but in your finances. He taught them how to worship God in their finances. If you read the story, by the end, these 400 men that were distressed, in debt, and discontent, they were all worth millions and millions of dollars. In fact, they all put in on average $50 million apiece toward the building of the temple. And he taught them how to be worshipers, how to be warriors, and how to be generous givers. The three areas of your life you must think in order to rule and reign in life as a king. These are the three mindsets, belief systems you must have. Number one, you must be a worshiper. You must know how to give God praise. There's something that happens in the spirit realm when you lift your voice, when you worship God, when you press in and you give him glory. It says in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 21, that Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. If you ever feel weak in faith, just begin to lift your voice and say, glory to God. I give glory to God. I praise the Lord for he's done it before he'll do it again. I know that those things which he said are going to come to pass in my life. I give glory to God. And as you give glory to God, you'll grow strong in faith. He taught them how to be worshipers. Number two, he taught them how to be warriors. You cannot be a soft Christian man. Do not listen to what the world will tell you about masculine or toxic masculinity. Bunch of rubbish. You must have, I like how my pastor says it, you must have spiritual testosterone. David taught these men how to fight. How to, they were the best warriors in the land. You must have something in you called the spirit of faith. Where David said, the Lord lights my candlestick and I could run at a troop and leap over a wall. Where the spirit of faith gets in, it's a fighting spirit. It's a spirit of might. Where you want to go in and possess the land. You drive out giants. You drive out enemies. You don't, you don't look at how fortified the walls are like Joshua and Caleb. But you go into the promised land and you get what God's promised you. 
So you've got to know how to be a warrior, how to pull down strongholds, how to go, how to, how to fight in the spirit realm. Now the Bible says our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. So it doesn't look like running around with an AK-47 all the time. But it looks like a man of God who can fast and who can pray and who knows what the Bible says about his covenant. Who knows when I walk into a town, I'm the principality in that town. I've been seated far above. Jesus said, behold, today I give you all authority over all the power of the devil. Where you rise up strong on the inside like a warrior. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. If you don't take it by force, the devil will take it by force. Someone once told me anything you refuse to stand against will eventually overtake you. If you refuse to stand against sickness, it will overtake you. If you refuse to stand against poverty, it will overtake you. If you refuse to stand against sin, it will overtake you. So you must have the mindset of a worshiper and a warrior. And then finally, David taught these men how to be generous givers. Someone type this in the chat. My over and above giving produces my over and above living. My over and above giving produces my over and above living. I believe it's in 1 Chronicles 19. 2 Chronicles 19 maybe? No. I can't remember. Maybe 1 Chronicles 29? Yes, okay. 1 Chronicles 29. There's a 9 in there somewhere. Starting in verse 1. And David the king, remember, God told David, you are not to build the temple. For I've reserved that for your son Solomon. And David said, all right, Lord, if you won't let me build it, I'm going to pay for it. Someone type in the chat, I'm going to pay for it. Be the person that looks to pay. You know, I like to, from time to time, I like to take out the guys in, in our church and the guys that we're friends with and just like treat them well. Just to lead by example. So I took all these guys out to a very nice restaurant the other night. Dropped $600 on a dinner bill. Didn't even bat an eye about it. And you can see as people's faith is stirred. Because you be the person that's looking to provide. I'm the one looking to pay the bill. If I invite you out to dinner, I'm paying the bill. The disciples came to Jesus and said, I don't know, who's going to feed all these people, Jesus? There's 5,000 of them. We need to send them off to go get food and stuff. Jesus said, you feed them. Look to pay. Look to be generous. Look to be the person that if God knows I can get it through you, I'll get it to you. I would rather not be the person who has their meals paid for all the time. I would rather be the person paying for someone's meal. A great man of God once said, the hand that gives is always the hand that's on top. The giver is always on top in life. So to build this, the temple was Solomon's job. But David said, I'm going to pay for it. Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great. For the palace will not be for man, but for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God so far as I was able, the gold for things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, 
the bronze for things of bronze, the iron for things of iron. Moreover, in addition to all that I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own gold and silver. So he gave out of his own gold and silver. For the sake of time, I want to scoot through it. Someone type in the chat, over and above. First thing David said in verse 2, he said, I've prepared with all my might. When you're a giver, God is testing hearts to see if people prepare with all their might. Sometimes when offerings, when people are given an opportunity to give, they're like, oh, I'll see what I have in my wallet and I'll give it. David didn't think that way. A king doesn't think that way. A king thinks, I'm going to prepare with all my might. David said, I'm preparing with all my might. Number two, he led by example. He led by example. Verse five, gold things for gold and silver for things of silver and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of the craftsmen. Then he asked his men this. He asked the 400 men this. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? So David said, and if you actually count it out, they counted out that he gave $1.5 billion out of his own pers personal treasury. And all the 400 mighty men gave $50 million out of their personal treasuries each. I think it was right around like $4 billion that they gave toward the building of the temple. Greetings in Switzerland. So he led by example. He said, this is how much I'm giving. What are you going to give now? You know what happens when I paid for that dinner the other night with all the guys? I didn't tell them I was going to pay for it. They probably weren't even expecting it because they knew I was taking them to a nice place. But I paid the bill. And the first thing someone said was, I want to be the person that can pay that bill next time. Immediately, their faith was stirred in a place where they said, I want to be the one paying for the bill. It called them higher, lifted them out of distressed, in debt, and discontent. Verse 16, 1 Chronicles 29, 16. This is what he said. Oh, Lord God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is in your hand and is all your own. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things and now with joy. Someone type in the chat, willingly with joy. Willingly with joy. The final thing he did with his, with his offering was he gave it willingly and he gave it with joy. Your over and above giving produces your over and above living. There has to come a time in your life where you say, I'm going all in with this thing. I'm going to give generously and I'm going to believe God for a mighty, mighty harvest. A king gives generously and reaps generously. Multiple times I remember emptying out my bank account when someone took offerings. 
And every time I emptied my bank account, it took me to a different level financially. The Bible says, those that sow with tears shall return reaping with shouts of joy. So when you sow large amounts, like if you have $10,000 in the bank and you give 9000 or all 10000 when God speaks to you to give sacrificial seed, it hurts. Sometimes it even makes you want to cry. But the Bible guarantees that you return with shouts of joy. You reap a harvest that it'll far exceed the tears that you shed. So he taught these men how to be worshipers, how to be warriors, and how to be givers. To live like a king, you must think like a king. You must do what kings do. Kings are worshipers, they're warriors, and they are generous givers. A generous giver. Think about God. He so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would surely not perish but have ever, everlasting and eternal life. God gave the most precious thing. Someone once said he bankrupt heaven for you. He gave up everything. His only begotten son. Amen. So when you're a worshiper, when you're a warrior, and when you're a giver, you will watch how your over and above giving produces your over and above living. And as you begin to think like a king, you will live like a king. Someone type in the chat, I choose to live like a king. And I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that God takes you to new levels, that he takes you up, he takes you out, puts you over and puts you in a new place. Before I pray for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow today, to join with us financially, to partner with the vision of this house. I have a vision to reach 200 million people for the Lord Jesus before the rapture, and you can help me do it. You can partner with us. We're currently reaching hundreds of millions of people with in-person and online evangelism. We're raising up a thousand online evangelists to see this generation shaken by the mighty hand of God. We're also feeding 2,000 kids each and every single month through an organization called Feed the Hungry. And we provide 2,000 meals every month to them. And they also get the gospel preached to them. We also have about a dozen other ministries that we partner with on a regular basis. We've already given $120,000 to other ministries worldwide this year. And I'm excited for when we can give $1.2 million and then $12 million, and then $120 million, And we're just going to keep increasing that number. So I want to give you an opportunity to connect financially with us here. I'm believing that God is going to send 100 people to this ministry this year that will sow a seed of $1,000 or more. Now some people sow more than that. We've had people sow 10000 We just had someone recently sow more than 1000 So we understand people can sow more than that. Some people can't sow that much. Sow with where you're at. But I'm believing for at least 100 people this year to sow a seed of $1,000 or more. If you're believing for financial breakthrough in your life, if you're believing to see this generation saved, I want you to partner with us. And we guarantee you for every dollar that you give to this ministry, you will see at least one person give their life to Jesus. So I'll give you an opportunity to give today. Pray and ask the Lord what he would have you give. And just listen to the Holy Spirit. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign revive away. 
Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way, or you can give through our website, revivalway.com, and click Partner Financially today. There's a link in the chat for you now. Or you can give through Super Chat on YouTube. And there's no pressure, there's no compulsion. Bible says, give with a cheerful heart. And your over and above giving produces your over and above living. If it feels like I'm not ringing you out for money, it's because I'm not. I'm not. I realized this a couple of years ago. I'm not. Our prosperity is not determined by the people that give to this ministry. Our prosperity is determined by our giving. So because we give, the Bible says it comes back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So our, our ministry has no needs. We're just giving you an opportunity to connect yourself with what God's doing here. And we're very thankful for everybody's generosity. Give you a couple more seconds to get your offering prepared. And then we're going to pray together. Thank you for giving on YouTube. Thank you for those that are giving on Venmo. Thank you for those that are giving on Cash App and PayPal. Very thankful for your generosity. You know, I remember the first time I gave $10,000. I gave 10 grand and it was either the same day or a couple days later, we had all night prayer and the Lord downloaded a supernatural business idea to me. And that $10,000 has turned into almost $200,000 since then. Pretty amazing. And that was back in January. So it's already like almost 20 X since I sowed that $10,000. And I believe it's just getting started because the Bible says you can believe for a hundredfold. So I'm believing for that $10,000 seed to produce a million dollars. And as you give today, I'm going to believe God for the same thing to happen in your life. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, every single person that gives today under the sound of my voice, I ask that you would multiply them exceedingly abundantly above all they can ask or think or imagine. Thank you that your word guarantees what we sow, we also reap. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Angels, ministering spirits, go. Cause the word to work and cause every harvest to come. And Satan, take your hands off of every harvest now. I join my faith with them, and we believe that we receive. And we thank you for it ahead of time in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. All right, everyone. Well, God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. If you haven't shared this already, make sure you share it. And if you feel called by God to go into the ministry, I want to give you an opportunity to check out one of America's greatest Bible colleges. And I believe that you will feel a strong unction to move there and attend their Bible school. And also, don't forget to join us Sunday morning, actually Saturday evening at 6 p.m. for our young adult service, as well as Sunday morning for church. I'll see you on the live stream. I love you. I bless you. Adios. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I'm waiting for your call.